the word ekphrasis comes from the Greek for the description of the work of art produced as a rhetorical exercise. It is a vivid, often dramatic, verbal description of a visual art piece. Hi everyone, this is Darwin Mesidu. Welcome to Season 4, Episode 2 of The Ekphrastic, a podcast where we paint pictures with words. As always, please like, subscribe, and follow the show. Twitter, uh, we're at The Ekphrastic. On Instagram, we're, same thing, The Ekphrastic. Uh, to check out all the artwork we discuss, please visit darwindarko.com backslash ekphrastic. Today's subject, Judy Bowman. She was raised in Detroit's Black Bottom neighborhood, and she sees it as her job to tell stories that are reflective of her coming-of-age experiences. We'll get to know her a little bit better, but first, of course, as usual, let's get into some art news. And for a quick roundup, we are looking at the art newspaper. So a couple things they have here. Art history sleuths reunite mother with husband and son in 17th century Flemish portrait. Uh, so scholars have pieced together separate parts of a painting that's over 200 years old. Uh, what else we have here? So major LGBTQ uh, ex- exhibition tests the waters of free speech in Hong Kong. So despite growing censorship in the fast-changing city, only one work has been removed from the show so far. Uh, so read up a little bit more on that uh, in the Hong Kong section of the art newspaper. We also have Mark Camille uh, Shamowicz. Uh, the artist quietly changing the boundaries between art, decor, and design. Two overlapping exhibitions see the Paris-born London-based artist discuss his influences and inspirations and the pleasure derived from including some of his late mother's work. Um, Again, that's an artist interview that's there at the art newspaper. Check it out. And the NFT bubble has popped. We talked about this several times in the past, but there's still untapped potential in digital art artists have long mined cyberspace for inspiration as two current exhibitions underscore. So that's the contemporary art section. That one's written by Ben Luke, um, again, at the artnewspaper.com. Um, there's a main story here that I want to, um, I think I want to dive a little bit more into and see the intersection of art and politics. Citing Idaho's anti-abortion law, college censors art exhibition on healthcare. So there are three works addressing abortion uh, that were removed from the exhibition at Lewis Clark State State College. And what do we have a write up here about? This is from Katrina Majuk. She's a, um, and, and the art is called Medical Abortion. This was a 2015 piece. And uh, what it depicts is really, uh, it's like a knit. I think they're going to describe it a little bit more in the, in the, in the article here, but it's a knit the knitting or like a quilted type of piece. Uh, one has a, a picture of a, of a bottle. One looks like a, um, and, and what is this? Like an IUD or something. The uh, birth control pills. And uh, one bottle is probably like a morning after or something like that. Um, I'm not sure what those are. But let's read along. Administrators at Lewis Clark State College in Lewis, um, Lewiston, Idaho, removed several artwork artworks from an exhibition on healthcare, citing a state legislator uh, legislature that uh, prohibits the use of public funds for abortions. 
the works which address abortion and reproductive rights were removed last week from the exhibition ahead of its opening on the 3rd of March um, at the School Center for Arts and History. Titled Unconditional Care, Listening to People's Health Needs, the exhibition explores health issues including chronic illnesses, disability, pregnancy, and gun violence. Through the perspectives of those uh, directly impacted by them and the policies governing those issues in the United States. Many works are accompanied by wall, uh, by wall text with evidence-based medical facts, statistics, and citations. As the show was intended to be objective and educational for students, according to its curator, artist Katrina Majkut, uh, she, uh, uh, she was among the three of 15 artists told that their work had to be removed from the school obtained legal um, after the school obtained legal advice her work a cross stitch that's what it is cross stitch of the two pills required for medica uh, medication abortion uh, mifeprestone and misoprostol was removed I don't know how to pronounce those hopefully that was correct damn scientists <laughs> the wall text for her work about in vitro fertilization treatments was also revised to cut references to abortion other works that were taken down uh, by Lydia Nobles and Michelle Hartney center women who talk about their experiences around abortion. Uh, Nobles, uh, Nobles, I think that's her name, Nobles. Nobles contributed a series of audio and video interviews and Hartney transcribed a letter from the 1920s sent from a mother to birth control activist Margaret Sanger. Over 10 plus years, I have worked with my body of work with over 25 college acro colleges across the country in red and blue states, says Majkut, uh, whom the center had invited to organize the, uh, the exhibition. I never had one problem, never heard one piece of uh, discontent. I've never been censored. To my understanding, I have never had to go through someone's boss's boss and lawyers. The school is citing Idaho Code Section 18-18705 as the basis for preventing the works from inclusion in the exhibition. The legislation is part of the No Public Funds for Abortion Act that the state's Republican legislators signed into law in 2021. It states in part, no person, agency, organization, or any other party that receives funds authorized by the state, a country, a city, a public health district, a public school district or any local po uh, political subdivision, uh, subdivision or agency thereof may use those funds to perform or promote abortion, provide counseling in favor of abortion, make referral for abortion or provide facilities for abortion or for training to provide or perform abortion. Goodness, that is a very thorough bill. They are anti-choice, that's for sure. It felt like the No Public Funds for Abortion Act was really meant for actual abortion. Why would it apply to the expression or the depiction of abortion? Well, I, I can tell you it's that part that they're talking about. Not training or educating or promoting um, what they think is abortion, which is just women's health care. Um, some of these have, sometimes people use this stuff, they don't even have a fetus involved, but... Uh, they're trying to legislate the whole thing out of existence. So Lewis Clark State College did not respond to requests for comment. The school's decision has drawn criticism from the American Civil Liberties Union, the ACLU, National Coalition Against Censorship, and PEN America. 
Let's see. Kristen uh, Saverdian, senior manager of free expression and education at Penn America, called the move a slap in the face to academia um, and artistic freedom. I'd say this is uh, draconian. It's a draconian act of censorship. It's particularly troubling on a college campus where the exchange of ideas should be free from political interference. And that includes art. Now, these same people that are writing these bills don't know shit about art. No, let alone um, uh, medical procedures for for people that are trying to um, plan their families and plan their lives. So I wouldn't go to them for any kind of interpretation of art. They're just gonna paint with a broad broad brush, no pun intended, and um, you know, damned who who's uh, who all is affected. So continuing here, Shaverdian said in a statement. Banning these artwork signals to people, especially women, that they must silence themselves and their experiences when it comes to any aspect of reproductive or sexual health, stripping them of their fundamental rights to free expression. Scarlett Kim, a staff attorney with the ACLU Privacy and Technology Project, said in a statement that the decision silences women's voices and deprives the public of a critical opportunity to engage in a broader conversation about these important topics. It jeopardizes a bedrock uh, First Amendment principle that the state refrained from interfering with expressive activity because it disagrees with a particular point of view. The artist first found out that senior administrators took issue with their work a few days before the opening. Uh, Nobles had received an email from the university that cited the Idaho legislation but did not explain why the law applied to the work. Matchcut later gave um, higher-ups at the school a tour of the exhibition after which they told her that she could not show her work. She says they discussed alternatives to removal alone, including adding a notice explaining why the work works were removed or leaving um, the wall text, for example. None of that uh, was accepted, she said. However, so the school has remained um, tight-lipped about its decision, only sending the artist a note on Tuesday that said, in effect, that the school's administrators provide a fuller explanation um, we'll provide a full explanation at a later date. Man, you know how hard it is for some artists to get an exhibition to get their work out there in front of the public and y'all just going to acquiesce to, to these fear mongers out there that are, well, I mean, they put it into law. So, you know, it, as bad as the law may be, the university doesn't, looks like they don't want to take the risk of, um, I don't know who the hell's going to come down and enforce this thing anyways. So anyway, the final roundup here, um, is that the school is sending the message that because they sided with the law, whether or not the school actually is anti-abortion or believes in choice, they're just saying money comes first. The No Public Funds for Abortion Act previously led the University, led the university of Idaho to send a memo to employees warning them not to promote abortion, including dispensing emergency contraception or advertising services for abortion. Nationwide backlash resulted in the university clarifying its statement to say that no campus uh, policies had changed and that students had the same access to contraceptives. I feel like everyone was acting out of fear, Madge, Madge Cut says of the situation at Lewis Clark State College. It's the general sentiment because all these laws are new to people. There's no precedent to how they're being applied. I think you might be onto something, Madge Cut. Um, I hope that's how you pronounce your name. <laughs> but a, a, a lot of these things are, uh, this is just what happened in the Texas bill as well. I feel these are, a lot of them may not, may not 
stand up to scrutiny. Uh, who knows what the Supreme Court will do? They're they're pretty biased leaning, but like if they try to make an objective judgment on some of these things, they uh, sometimes can can overturn them. They sometimes have overturned some of these that are like over broad or over strict um, laws that some of these states are putting in place. But see, that's not the main point though. There's a chilling effect that they're going for, so that even by the time it goes through the court system, that might be two, three years down the line. They don't care if it has to be overturned by then. They'll just write a new law that's slightly different. But in the meanwhile, it's a chilling effect and it causes everybody to pause and stop providing services, stop providing information, educational or otherwise, or even the art art exhibitions are being affected by by something like this because the university is scared and, and, and organizations and institutions are scared and they don't even want to end up opening that Pandora's box. Nobody's there to take take a stand uh, except the individuals. But the individuals don't have as much power to push back like a university would. Um, so we'll keep an eye on this. And um, it looks like things like this are going to be going on throughout the country. There's been a sweeping um, effort across the country in red states to completely get uh, abortion and the option for choice off the table and making it harder and harder for individuals. People have to fly out of state now in some places in order to receive healthcare services. Uh, I didn't realize it would creep up in art like this, um, but now we do. We know it's there. No one, no, no area is safe. And so we'll see where this leads into the future. For our book recommendation this time around, I, I want to put this on your radar, uh, 365 Days of Art. So this is by Lorna Scobie. It's a creative exercise for every day uh, of the year, right? And in this book, it's an ins- inspiring journal designed to help readers and budding artists nurture their creativity and explore their feelings through the medium of art. Featuring an activity for every day of the year from simple tasks like drawing shapes and lines to more mindful exercises like coloring in, painting with primary colors, and drawing what you see. With beautiful, vibrant hand lettering and watercolor illustrations, the book pairs inspiring quotes with supportive prompts and exercises to spark reflection through your drawings, writing, paintings, and more. So check that book out wherever they're sold. This is uh, was actually published back in, well, the paperback was published back in October 2017. Um, but uh, I think it's a evergreen type of book and and something to own matter of fact it might make a a, a perfect gift so if you're hearing the sound of my voice somewhere think about putting this on your radar maybe the holidays are coming up somebody's birthday Uh, again it's called the 365 days of art a creative exercise for every day of the year by lorna scobie judy bowman is a contemporary artist based in colorado she has been creating art for over 30 years, and has exhibited her work in galleries and museums throughout the United States. Bowman is primarily known for her emotionally charged paintings and mixed media works that explore themes of memory, loss, and human emotion. She often uses a muted color palette and incorporates found objects and textural uh, elements into her work to create a sense of depth and complexity. Bowman's artistic style has evolved over the years. Influenced by her travels, personal experience, and her love of nature, she has experimented with various techniques and materials, including oil and acrylic paints, um, encaustic wax, and uh, collage. 
In addition to her work as an artist, Bowman is also an art educator, teaching courses in painting and mixed media at the college level. She is passionate about sharing her knowledge and experiences with others and inspiring the next generation of artists. Overall, Judy has established herself as an accomplished artist and educator known for these powerful and evocative works of art that explore the complexities of the human experience. Judy Bowman's artistic style is characterized by its emotional depth. She primarily works in painting and mixed media using a variety of techniques and materials to create layered expressive works of art. Bowman's paintings often feature muted color palettes with subtle variations in tone and texture. As I mentioned, she uses found objects sometimes in these uh, in, in her work, such as vintage papers, rusted metal, or weathered wood, uh, creating a sense of history and nostalgia. Another key element of her style is her use of uh, textural elements, such as uh, impasto brushstrokes, drips, and other painterly marks. These textures add an organic quality to her work, suggesting the natural process of decay and transformation that are central to her artistic themes. Overall, her style is characterized by its resonance, uh, its sense of history and memory, and its exploration of the interplay between human experience and the natural world. Today's ekphrastic poem is a retrospective on Judy's He's Not Coming Home. This is a 2016 piece that um, evokes scenes uh, of vulnerability and fear in direct response to the social ills the black black community um, faces. In this piece, she conceptualizes the deaths of Philando Castile and Alton Sterling, two unarmed black men who were killed by police in 2016. Bowman, a mother of six sons, was urgently affected. As a reminder, here's how this works, folks. Remember, this is going to be a description of a visual art piece. As I'm speaking, you should visit the Acrastic page on my website, darwindarka.com. Check the show notes. There should be a link there. Uh, you will find, for your viewing pleasure, cataloged are all the artwork that we discuss. To accompany today's reading, I want you to pull up, He's Not Coming Home. I'll give you a second to search for it in your browser. woman sits upon a bed her gaze lost in thought her heart weighted with dread a suitcase rests beside her feet a symbol of departure or a journey incomplete in muted tones of blue and gray the painting captures a moment of dismay the woman's face is etched with pain her sorrow tangible her loss plain found objects and textures wrought with care convey a sense of history, a story to share, a hint of rust, a fragment of wood, suggests the passage of time, the inevitability of goodbyes understood. Through Bowman's eyes, we see and feel the weight of grief, the ache so real. Her art reminds us of life's ebb and flow, of the fleeting nature of love, the inevitability of letting go. He's not coming home. He's not coming home. Speaks to us all. The heartbreak and hope that attend 
every fall. It's a painting that lingers, that stays with you. A testament to the power of art and the truths it can imbue. At age 70, Judy Bowman will have her debut solo exhibition uh, at the Gratio Grio. It's going to be on display at the Museum of Contemporary Art Detroit now through the end of March 2023. So hop on a flight, jump in the car, get out there and go check out her amazing stuff. Well, folks, we painted another pretty picture with our words today. I'm glad you took the time to join me on this journey. For this and other artwork we discussed, please visit darwindarker.com backslash ephrastic. It's where you can find all of this stuff cataloged for your viewing pleasure. If you like the show or if you want to leave some creative feedback, please rate us five stars, hopefully, and leave a comment. It, that That's always helpful, engaging, and it helps give me some ideas for future episodes. Uh, another great way to support the show is to share it on your socials, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever, we'll take it. And remember, you can find us again on Twitter at The Ekfrastic and on Instagram, again, same thing, The Ekfrastic. On YouTube, you could just type in Ekfrastic Podcast and, um, you know, we'll swim our way up your timeline whenever we have some new stuff. Again, I've been Darwin Mesidu. Thanks again for listening to The Ekfrastic. <laughs>